What's up, everybody, and welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. This should be your new favorite segment. I don't care where you're listening, what you're doing, what you're watching. This is your new guilty pleasure. Two mics, no filter with Andrea Smith and myself, Dan Tortora, a.k.a. DT. Miss Andrea, how are you? I am good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing very well. So we had some wonderful people around the world write in some topics, and we're going to save one for Valentine's week. So be ready for that. But this week, we took a topic that was sent over to us about Tom Brady's retirement and everything kind of going on. And what we're essentially going to utilize this for is a gateway for us to talk about having it all, relationships, and finding a way to live your dreams and at the same time have your romance. And the whole Tom Brady thing was kind of put on display because of who he is and Giselle is. So I'd love to get your initial thoughts on it and we'll let it unravel as it may because we both have stories to tell. Right. So I think we texted about this. I think that you're going to be surprised at where I stand on this because I think that it's probably common for a woman to take the woman's side in this type of thing. Um, but I am on Tom's side. I think that he, uh, you know, listen, if you played sports growing up and you had this vision of wanting to be what he, or whatever, even if you didn't play sports, if you had whatever your dream was when you were a young kid and then you lived out your dream, like it was so emotional seeing his retirement speech, right? Even if it was the second time. Because you could see the pain and like he knows it's time to hang it up. He knows he didn't have the season that he wanted to have. And it's really time he needs to kind of move on with his life, right? But you could see that he, this is a tough decision to walk away from something that you've, it's your identity, it's who you are. And listen, on the marriage side of things, like obviously the divorce is done quick, final, whatever. And by the way, today on page six, they uh, shared on Instagram a thirst trap from Tom Brady sitting in some kind of paradise. So he looks like he's doing okay. I just want to throw that out there. But, you know, the, the thing is this. She supposedly, there's stories that she says that she put her career on hold all this time for his career, blah, 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 right? Well, yes, in a normal situation for normal people, right? Maybe a woman puts her career on hold while the husband chases his career, right? In a normal setting. But they're bazillionaires. Yeah. Have the ability to have help, right? So she could have traveled the world doing her modeling and all the things that she wanted to continue to do, acting, modeling, whatever, and taking the kids with her with five living nannies with her. Yeah. Like that could have been an option for them. So I don't, it's like, I don't feel... I don't feel a whole lot of sympathy for that because you didn't have to put your life on hold, right? Not when you have the means to support it. Yeah, I mean, I I think, well, you bring up a good point is, you know, if you, some people like, okay, in dating, and I don't understand this because this is 2023, but I've met a couple women, one very clear that she's like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, okay, well, how many kids do you want to have? She's like, at least six. And I was like, what do you plan on me doing? And how much money do I have to make? She wanted to live on Long Island. So I said, I got to make $500,000 just to clear the house. Like, And on top of that, 
she's like, well, you need to sacrifice. I don't know if you're willing to sacrifice for your children and you're going to have to get jobs you don't like. I said, madam, I have worked jobs I don't like and worked my tail off so that I could have a career where my dreams pay my bills and then some. I'm not going backwards because you want to have the Partridge family and stay at home with them all the time. Listen, her argument was for the first six years of their life, they're impressionable. And uh, I think people are impressionable all the time, which said they're impressionable and I want to be able to raise them. I don't want some daycare to raise them. Listen, I get that. I understand that. I can respect that. At the same time, I'm not going to kill myself because she was making no sacrifice. I want to live across the street from my family. I want to live on Long Island, which is one of the most expensive places in the entire country. I, you know, she, and she wants, and she will, she, and then she'd play the man card, right? Well, other men have done it. So if they can do it, you can do it. And I was like, this is not a whether or not I'm a man. This is whether or not I'm a doormat and I won't be. So you bring up the point of they both had money, which they did. Giselle, listen, people will know Giselle forever. She's gorgeous. She's been a model. She's done a billion different things. And mm. I respect that. I appreciate that. Your point that you brought up as a woman is that she's got money. He's got money. She might have more money than he has. And at the end of the day, if you have that type of money, you can have your kids watch. And let's be real about Hollywood. There's a lot of women not watching their kids and a lot of men not watching their kids, because when you have that money, they right. you know pay for the nanny and whatever. So I don't think they're going without. So the whole like, well, I had to stay at home and take care of these kids. You didn't have to stay at home. Now, if she wanted to be a stay at home mom, that's her choice. And I commend it, but that's her choice. And for them to not be together over that. And listen, we don't know. You know, I, I only use Tom's situation as in because somebody sent it over to us and I'm using it as an open door. I don't witch hunt anybody. I don't go after anybody. I don't know what their life is and I'm not going to pretend to know what their life is. We're using this as an example because in their unique situation, they right. have the money to hire a chef, a mm -hmm. nanny, a butler, 15 robots to wipe your butt when you go to the bathroom. I mean, they don't need the, they right. don't, they're, they're not, they're not begging for help. So, you know, it's, a, I like that you bring up that point because it's true. If she was sitting there going, well, I got to sit home with all these kids. It's like, well, you don't. You don't like really, to be honest with you, the only people that are in that situation are a, if you choose to be in that situation or b financially, you know, someone has to stay home with the kids because you can't afford childcare or whatnot while the other one works. I mean, otherwise it's, it's pretty much a choice. Right. I mean, like my children go to daycare. I went to daycare my whole life. My parents were both working parents. I went to daycare my whole life and not for nothing. But I think that my opinion is it helped with socialization. And I have to tell you, uh, from my stance, I'm a better parent because I'm not with my kids all day. Like, I appreciate anybody who can do that because it is the hardest job in the world. And like, if you have the patience for that lifestyle, I appreciate it. And that's great for you. But yeah. like, for me, it's not for me. Chasing my dreams, chasing my career, that's for me. You know yeah. what I mean? And if I'm not happy internally, I'm definitely not going to be a good parent.
I don't want to be the person, you know, on social media doing like the mom memes all day about how miserable they are. Like I am that person in a sense because I make jokes about it, but I don't want to be the mom who's at home all day complaining about how she doesn't get paid for her job of staying at home. And she, you know, husband's gone. The moment husband gets home, she hands the kids over. I just, that's not, that's not who I want to be. I've got my own dreams. And so in the sense of Tom Brady and Giselle, like if they have their own dreams and they're financially secure as we all know they are, they both could have chased their dreams. Now, here's the, here's another thing. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors, right? And what appears like he wins the Super Bowl and there's this family photo, you know, last year of like them all looking happy together and like he's finally going to retire and she's just so happy. Great. We don't know what the ongoing uh, relationship, what problems were and maybe how much football played a role in that. Um, I'm sure there was some jealousy of where, you know, she felt football was more important than her or the kids or something like that. I'm sure there's a lot more involved than what we know, but just from the outside looking in, that can't be the only reason, you know what I mean? And here he's deciding to retire. The marriage is done. Um, Is he hoping that it works out? Maybe, maybe he's hoping that they could turn things around. I don't know, but I can tell you by the thirst trap photo he's posting and by the fact that he's Tom Brady, I highly doubt he's going to have any problems making things work out for himself in general. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and and listen, I mean, so I can come to this situation as somebody who's lived it differently. I didn't have the money that Tom and Giselle have, but I went through a marriage and went through a divorce and our last grandiose conversation was on a Friday. I'll never forget it. And I'll never forget it because I'll never forget the things that my ex-wife said. She sat me down as if I was a child and she was my parent, which was hilarious because I felt like I was raising her most of the time. And she sat across from me. I was sitting on the couch. She pulled up a chair. She said, all right, you want to talk? Let's talk. And she proceeded to tell me you're done doing certain things. She said, you had a good run in Jacksonville. You have a good time covering the team, right? You got you got a bunch of years in. I don't think you need to go there anymore. I think you've had enough. And I think that's enough. And I was like, whose name is on the door? Because I saw dance to our broadcast media. And I, I know that man had 27 cents in his pocket and $103 in his bank account. And I know that he was living at his grandmother's taking care of her while he built his company with God and God alone. So I don't know what our conversation is. And she's like, yeah, you're not going to Jacksonville anymore. I don't think you need to. You don't need to be away from everything. If we're going to have kids, we either have kids or you go to Jacksonville. And I said, that's not fair. Then she proceeded to tell me, this is beforehand. She said, you know what? You're the type of dad. And this proved to me she knew nothing about me. She said, you're the type of father that's going to forget to pick your kids up and leave them in the rain at school. And I said, everyone that knows me from when I was zero to 37, which obviously we broke up years ago, but anyone who's known me for three decades knows that I am the opposite of that father. I'm the father that wants to be there at 2.59 for three o'clock because I want to know how their day went. I want to hang out with my kids. I'm the type of guy that would turn down the Super Bowl to be with my kids at their little league, whatever. So I would probably try to do both. And so would I. I was going to say, I don't know that I would turn it down. Yeah. I would just I'd try, probably to... try to do both. Yeah. So, so my thing is, and I said that to her. So she said that. And then she said, you know what? I like what your friend does with money. I like that, you know, 
he basically talks to his wife and every time he makes money, he puts it in a bank account and then he asks her permission to spend his money. And I said, all right, you brought the Jacksonville thing to the table, which you're out of your mind. And number two, now you're telling me you're going to you're going to tell me where I could spend my money, where you make fourteen hundred and the fourteen hundred is gone the next day and nobody can tell me where it went. So I'm not asking your permission to spend my money because it's my money and I pay my bills because I'm not dumb enough to spend more money than my bills cost. So. Yeah. So it was funny coming from joint bank accounts. Did you like, did you and your wife have joint bank accounts? No. No. And I know what you're doing either. Well, and and the thing is, so I never got a joint bank account with her because I didn't trust her with money. So Mm -hmm. my whole thing was I'm going to go to buy a plane ticket and she's going to have bought 19 pairs of shoes and I'm not going to have any money. So she was like that money would disappear. And anytime I would ask her about it, She'd get super defensive. She'd call me my father because my dad would ask my mom about money and she'd make it a big old thing. And I'm like, no, I just want to know where your money went in the last eight days. So long story short, you can't go where you want to go. You can't have the career you want to have. And you're going to ask me to spend your money because I'm going to decide where you get to spend it because I think you're foolish, which which was wildly hypocritical for a woman who had no career, had no drive, committed to nothing and never had money. And that, and her parent or her mom was rich and her grandfather was rich and they would just send her free money. Her grandfather would be like, Hey, it's a Tuesday. Here's 500 bucks. Hey, it's Christmas. Here's a thousand bucks. Her mom would send her $200 and say, I hope you're doing okay. I love you. And so, I mean, my parents do a lot of great things for me. My mom will tell you that since I was 14 years old to 37, I probably asked her for $20 twice in the last 23 years. So, you know, I didn't know her life, but I was like, how are, how are you not holding on to money when you're working and your, your grandfather and your mom are just sending you free cash. But I go back to the Tom Brady Giselle thing because we didn't have money like that, but I don't know what they lived. But my conversation with my ex was you're not living your dreams to the point where you want to. And I told her, I said, I'm just getting started. I said, I haven't even barely scratched the surface. And she hate every time I would get to the proverbial glass ceiling and break it, she would say, you better get back under that ceiling. You better get back under there. And because I don't. And she told me, she goes, I don't really want to see you. What did she say to me? She said, I don't want you to be successful. Wow. That makes no sense. She's like, I want you to. She's like, that doesn't mean I don't want you to be like good at your job in your career. But she's like, I don't really want you to be any more successful than you are. And so, okay, okay, which, which, uh, in hindsight, it plays devil, devil's advocate here. Yeah. She's, if I had to step away from the situation, she's probably trying to say, like, I like you the way you are. You don't need to go be better, bigger, whatever. Like, I like you the way you are. That's probably what she's trying to relay, but it's coming across obviously different. But I, who doesn't want their partner to be successful? Well, that's the thing is like, I've heard that from other people is they'll say to me, well, okay, you're doing all this stuff now, right? You travel now, you got a bunch of shows, you get to do all these things. Like, when are you done? And well, you're never done in your, in your line of work. This is what you do. And my thing is, if I was done when we broke up years ago, there's no two mics, no filter. There's, 
there's no superpowered pop. There's no do Diz with Dan. There's no comic book trails. There's no right. going to your comic con and doing my show. There's no continuation at Jacksonville. There's no covering, you know, the American athletic and so on and so forth in the ACC. So to me, it was like every time I left the house, it was a, how dare you? And right. I would, and I would sit with her and she's like, well, what about my career? And I was like, well, you don't, you don't have one. And I've constantly tried to help her create one. I said, what do you like to do? What are your interests? If you don't know the exact job, let's write down what you like and what you don't like. And then let's tailor it towards something. And she would say, don't act like my mom. Leave me alone. I just want to drink wine. And how then, old was she, like, how old was she when you guys were having this conversation? Early 20s. I mean, y'all were married in your early 20s. I, I mean, was, she's kind of young still at that point. I was so I can understand the immaturity, I guess. Yeah, but the thing, okay, here's the thing. Like, okay. I knew what I wanted to do when I was a junior in high school. And I know that that's weird. But to some people, that's weird. To me, I just knew what I wanted to do. But if you're going to get married and you're going to talk about having a family and you're going to have a house, she wanted all of the stuff with none of the work. She wanted the end result with no journey. There was there was no road. She just wanted the helicopter to pick her up and leave her at the end of the road. But she wanted me to pave the road for her and... I thought as a partnership, you pave it together. And she was kind of like, she wanted my money, but she didn't want me to work for it. She just wanted the money to show up. And one of the last things she said to me was, why don't I quit my job, which she bounced to a different job every couple of years. She said, why don't I quit my job so I can be a stay at home mom, drink wine and pet the dog. And you can get me, a, you can get a sponsor with your company that pays you enough money per month that you can give me as my allowance and you don't get any of that money. So you do all the work, you get the sponsor and then you give me all that money. And then if you lose that sponsor, you have to go get me another one. So you do a hundred percent of the work and I'll pet the dog and drink wine. That was her compromise at the end of our relationship. And that was a very easy ending for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime, I mean, on subject, like, relationship or your passions and your dreams, whatever. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people out there that sacrifice, right? They sacrifice for their kids. They sacrifice. They don't take job promotions because they can't move. You know, my father had a promotion and it was right around the time I just made high school cheerleading. And my mom was like, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. You know, it was such a big deal to me. So I get it. There are people and times that you have to make decisions and sacrifices or whatnot. But I think you and I kind of are on the same page with this. Like it, you know, t teaching, for example, I don't get paid a lot to teach. I would do it for free. I love to teach fitness classes. It's what I love to do. Um, in fact, when people ask me, which they do quite frequently, well, what do you like to do? What's fun for you? And I'm like, I honestly struggle to find out anything that's fun, except for I like to teach. But even then, it's a job. You know what I mean? So even if I'm having an off day, I have to do it. However, I will tell you this. I don't care if we had to move for a job or whatever. I will always teach. As long as my health allows me to teach, I will always teach. So if I was with a partner that told me, hey, you can't teach because I can't be taking the kids to school every day or whatever. We can't compromise that. Like, like if you take them to school, what's the big deal if I pick them up? Like, <laughs> what's the big deal? Like, let's do a trade off. You know what I mean? If I had a partner that was not OK with me teaching classes because it it 
interfered with our lives as parents, it, it wouldn't work. You know, I'm lucky that in my situation, Josh, it's, it, he works out just as much as I do. So for him, it's like, that's something neither of us are willing to sacrifice. But I'll tell you right now, if either one of us was on the spectrum of you work out too much, I don't want you to work out so much. 100%. We are both so psycho about this done. Yeah, that would be that would be divorce. If, if one if either of one of us were like that. But you know what, I'm not going to not chase outside of teaching even I'm not going to not chase my career and not chase the things that I want to do for my relationship either. So if Josh wasn't easygoing and he was against me doing new things or even doing things like this, you know what I mean? Doing new things, packing my schedule more. It's not going to work for me, but I have, but I'm willing to tell him that too. Well, yeah, and that's, and that was the thing is, is that, you know, listen, had, did she make sacrifices? Yeah. I mean, now her family lived an hour away and she what hated kind of sacrifices. You didn't have kids. What, what kind of sacrifice was she making? Well, she moved an hour. So she was living in Binghamton. I was up in Syracuse. She moved away from her mom, who she hated and couldn't stand being in the same house as her. But she said it was a sacrifice of being away from her family, even though her family just stressed her out. But so that was a sacrifice. But it was an hour and we could go there anytime we wanted. And we went there one year. We went there like every other weekend, an hour up, hour down. And that was fine until her mom started verbally abusing me. We went down there all the time. And I told her, I said, we're not not seeing your mom because we're lazy or because I'm selfish. We're not seeing your mom because she's toxic and I don't want to deal with it. So if you want to go see your mom and you want to deal with like all that haze, that's fine, but I'm not in that world. So by the way, just slid in there a little song by Taylor Swift, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, she, so, won, uh, she won best music video of the year last night at the Grammys. Yeah. Well, I'm very, FYI. Yeah, we're we're very happy for her. She's fantastic. So, you know, she is. Listen, I we are big fans. I I put it to you like this. If Taylor, if I dated Taylor Swift and we made a truce that she wouldn't make a song about me and I wouldn't do comedy about her, I'd give it a shot. But I don't I don't trust that she wouldn't make the, you know. I mean, listen, I think she's pretty, I think she's talented, I think she's wonderful. I Mm -hmm. like her drive. And mm-hmm. I feel like she'd probably understand me more than other people that I dated at the same time. What'd you say? She's deep. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I feel that for real, but yeah, I mean, to get back to it, you know, being in the situation that I was in, I've always been a dream chaser and anybody that knows me knows that I worked my butt off to make money doing what I love loving what I do and not having to do anything else. Cause when I started, I was doing other stuff. I was working two jobs, three jobs. So I know what it's like to be like, man, I don't want to do this. Like I was at other jobs, writing down stuff for my show, sit, talking about my show and somebody would come up to the window. I was Which, always- by the way, by the way, is something about in your twenties, like people are working hard so that they can make them make their career and make things happen. I mean, it's not uncommon what you're talking about doing. Well, and that's the thing is that I thought, okay, she's so proud of me, right? She's right. so happy for me. She's proud of me. And I want to be proud for her. She doesn't have a career. So I'll support what she does in the moment. And I always did. I'd come to see her at work. I'd bring her a coffee. She'd look like, why are you here? I'm busy. And I was like, okay, well, here's your coffee. You're welcome. Have a great life. But, you know, for me, 
I've told women this all the time. I don't mind being the eye candy. I want you to have a red carpet event and I'll come there. I'm not going to stand there and hold your purse because I am not that type of dude, but I will hang out with you and we'll... I want to go to an event where it's an event where it's about you, where it's your showcase, your event, your promotion. I want to celebrate that because to me that's sexy. But I want you to show up to mine too. And her whole thing was every time I got a new spot, like a new client, every time I brought on a new business, it was like making her upset. So I'd bring in more money while I'm floundering. I'd be like, oh, I just did a great interview. Well, I hate my job. And I was like, don't take out on me that I'm chasing my dreams and you're sitting on the couch. There's a difference between the two of us. And I tried like crazy to help her and get her there. But you can bring a horse to water. You can't make them drink. And at the end of the day, we bring up the topic that we had today, because I think a lot of people think they have to choose between their dreams and being with somebody. And she, you know, her and other people have said to me, you know, like, obviously, you're married to your job and your job. And I told her, I said, my marriage, my job is my first wife and, and my, and my first wife, we have a great marriage. She has not let me down and she won't because that's from God. That's hard work. That's God and me. So mm-hmm. that's a good relationship. It was built on truth and trust. Now mm-hmm. in a relationship with a woman, if anybody that knows me knows, I've always wanted that more than anything in my life. I wanted to have a wonderful marriage and children Mm -hmm. that's above everything under god above everything 37 years old right now i will not give up even beforehand in order to get a wife and children i'm not going to murder the life that i've built in order to start a new life if they can't coincide and work together then i can tell you right now to the camera i don't want a wife and kids if I have to lose everything that makes me who I am. I 100% agree with that. I mean, again, going back to what I said earlier on in the beginning, is that you you will be a better father, better husband, if you are fulfilled in your own life. You know what I mean? You are who you are. Somebody's not supposed to complete you or not supposed to change you. Like you are, should be a complete person the way you are. And supported, you know what I mean? To Giselle and Tom's point, she knew what she was getting into when she married him as he knew what he was getting into when he married her. Now, playing devil's advocate here, we don't know. Maybe he had a big thing about not letting people raise their kids nanny wise. You know what I mean? Like maybe he had this big thing that was like, no, we're not going to do that. You have to be the one with the kids. We don't know the ins and outs. But if you just want to play it that pretend that that's not a possibility, then you're right. He should not have to uh, stop being who he is, stop chasing his own dreams, his own career value, just to be a better spouse. I mean, I I think there's a lot of people out there that have figured it out. I think there's a lot of people who have are passionate and have married or, or, or dated seriously, like to the point of marriage, where they're both passionate and they're extremely happy that way. You know, I have a friend who she, first of all, very successful guy, but we didn't know why she was getting married in the first place. He was completely different than her. And she, I felt like she was a shell of herself when they were together, but neither here nor there, they got married. Well, of course they get divorced. She meets somebody else who's artistic like her and passionate and all these things. And now they're like jet setters and they've decided they're not going to have children because 
at this stage in their life, we're all in our you know early 40s. And they just, they like to be able to pick up and go. And you know what? That's okay if that's their decision. But the bot, but this, the, the bottom line is that they're so happy together because they both have their things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and like you said, he's there to support her. She runs these massive art shows now and does these big things globally. And he has his own business and he does these big things globally with, with, you know, his own jewelry and design and things like that. So it's like, it's out there. But people, I feel like, settle when when you get that first sign of like somebody's not supporting you and what you want to do. I mean, it's it's probably a legit red flag, right? I mean, it's probably something you're going to overlook and years later still not feel supported. Yeah. And I, and I think like in my marriage, when we were dating, she was supportive. And then we oh. got married. And the crazy thing about it is when I got divorced... I had my, you know, I obviously took my ring off and I was talking to some people at one of the places that we do shows at and they came out to a bunch of stuff. They had seen me for probably at least six months. And I said, yeah, I'm getting divorced. And the one woman, she goes, you're married. And I went, yeah, I wear my ring all the time. I don't hide it. And she goes, yeah, but we've never met her. She doesn't come to any of your things. And then I thought about it and I was like, wow. If you just took like the one place, the one high school I worked with, she didn't meet any of those coaches and I knew them for years and, and she never saw them. And so, I mean, that lack of support really, I mean, when you come home and, and the thing was, but every night that you got home, 99.9% .9 of the time, I won't say every night, 99.9% .9 of the time that I got home, there was no woman waiting at the door, like ready to greet you with a kiss and a hug. There was no like, Hey babe, how was your day? It was like, I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock. If you get home at 10.01, you can take care of yourself. And and it was like, it was it was this feel bad, right? Feel bad that you're going to a game. Feel bad that you had an event. Feel bad that I ate alone. Feel bad that I had nothing to do. And after a while, you just start to realize like, okay. I mean, I remember I landed in Jacksonville and I, I was excited. I called her up. She was always the first call I made. And I was like, hey, babe, how you doing? Just landed, you know, and she's like, I'm on the phone with my dad and I'm probably going to take a nap. I don't even want to be on the phone right now. And I was like, all right, cool. And I hung up and I remember, I think I said it to my mom or no, she she felt it. I was driving around Jacksonville and I was like, I don't want to go home anymore. I want to go get my dog and I just want to leave. And, you know, things that happened in our marriage made it really easy decisions she made toward the end. But that feeling of like when someone's doing well and you make them feel bad about it to the point where like, I don't want to tell you what's going on in my life. Yeah. I don't even want to have fun in front of you because you're going to get mad that like it wasn't your fun. And she got bitter. She got angry. She got mean. And I always tried to help her. I'm not a perfect husband. I know that. I mean, I worked a lot and sometimes I found it hard to balance because I was building my company at the time, like from the ground ground. But I always wanted her to feel safe, secure, appreciated. I just think there's a difference between I'm your partner and I'm your bank account. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what she wanted. And I didn't want to be that. So, but you brought it up, you know, people, people settling. And I want people to know that you can chase your dreams yeah. and have and have that person. And you say, well, Dan, 
how's that true? You don't have that person because I haven't met her yet. You just haven't met her yet. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't met that girl yet. And it was funny. My dad said this to me. He goes, you know, I don't get it. And I said, what? And he said this to me months ago. He said, I don't get why you don't think you deserve that red carpet girl. He's like, I don't understand why you think you can't get her because you can't. And, and I said to my dad, I go, it's not that I don't think I can get her. It's, I don't know where she is, but I've always thought that like, I'm going to be out doing something and I want to bump into like that person who's out there doing an amazing job and killing it because anybody that knows me, I'm romantic. I want to dote on you. I want to be like, this is my wife. I'm so proud of her. She did this, this, and this. Like, she's a great mom. She's great at her career. We're going to her art show tonight. Like, right. that means the world to me. But if you don't have my back, then it's not that I don't wish the best for you, but I don't want to be in a relationship where I come home and I put my bag down and I'm so excited, but I got to call all my friends because you don't want to talk about it. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are not, I don't, I, I take that back. I don't know a lot of people, but I do know people in this kind of situation where one is resentful that the other works so much. And I just, for me, it's like, I don't really understand that because I've always, like I said, I grew up with parents that worked and chased their career and did things like that and, you know, worked their way up in positions. And um, I've always kind of been a chaser myself. Like I want to chase the next best thing or pack as much into the day as you possibly can. And um, it's funny when you were saying about how she didn't wake up, wake up for you. <laughs> My husband never, like he would listen this guy you don't mess with his sleep okay they are asleep and i'm like can you just text me to let me know what the situation is has the dogs been fed so when i get home i know what to deal with you know mm. but it's so so i have to say i didn't think that was that unnormal but i do think there are a lot of couples that are dealing with situations where one person is extremely passionate and a big go-getter and one person is is more um comfortable being I don't want to, this sounds bad, but mediocre. And when I say mediocre, they're comfortable with, you know, working a normal job and being managed by someone else and those types of things. And there's a, listen, there's roles for everybody. Yeah. So th there's nothing wrong with those types of people at all. And that's great, you know? And on one hand, it's good that one person is extremely go-getter and the other person isn't maybe because then they kind of follow along with that person, right? If that's the case. But I know people that are in situations like you were in that it seems like all the person does is complain that the other is working all the time when that person's trying to ultimately work to prove to themselves, you, you know, that they're successful and that they can provide and give a great life to their family. Now, you know, there are people, especially people with children who say, well, oh, your kids, they don't need the material things. They need the time. They need the time. That's true, too. They do need the time. But as long as when you're there, you're extremely present, it doesn't matter if it's every single day like that or if it's three of the days of the week that you're just extremely present. Your kids are going to remember their experiences and what they what they feel from you more so than every single uh, detail of every day. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, like I, mean, I personally, I am on board with people that want to chase their career and try to do it all and have it all because you get one life to live. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? 
unless we're all cats with nine, like you get one life to live. So you want to make the most of it. You don't want to get to the end of this road and be like, you know, I wish I had chased this dream or if I'd only not done this. And, you know, if I'd only done this instead, it's like, I, I don't want to be that person. I want to finish my days. I want to be like a Tom Brady and say, you know what? I lived to the fullest. I won the awards. I did all the things. Well, the thing is, and I'm going to be really, you know, as we always are real. And I want people to hear me when I say this. Let's say you meet that person. Oh, she's perfect. He's perfect. Oh my God. I can't, I can't live without him. Okay. You meet that person. They're great. They're wonderful. They could do no wrong. And they say, babe, don't you love me enough to give all this up? You love me enough, right? You choose me over it, right? You put me above it, right? Okay, let me paint a picture for you folks. Let's say you give it all up. Let's say you buy it, you drink the Kool-Aid, you gave it all away. What are you going to do when that person cheats on you? What are you going to do when they leave? What are you going to do when you get divorced? Because they didn't kill you once. They killed you twice. And if somebody kills your spirit, your dreams, your aspirations, your drive. If you lose them, you lose everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to be really, really honest with you. If you give it all up for somebody, you've given up yourself. But if you hold on to who you are, then no matter what happens with that person, you retain you. When my ex-wife left, I kept Dan. She didn't get him. I got him. And I love him. I love him more today than yesterday. Well, well, people may not agree with this, but I will say this. You never love, you should never love anyone more than you love yourself. Well, and the reason is, is, is at the end of the day, who's going to take care of you better than you? Right. Well, and like you said, God forbid something goes on, happens, you know, Yeah. and you put everything into all your eggs into that one basket. It's, you know. When you love yourself the most, you can control the situation in some sense, since senses, you know what I mean? Well, and you always have the that. things that still make you happy. And and people can't use it above you, right? It's right. not that it's right. not that I won't love my kids. And it's right. not, I mean, I've had women get mad at me because I t- I told I told one woman, she goes, You're never gonna love me more than Jesus. And I said, No, I'm not, because God made you. So, and then I had one woman right. say, Choose between me and God. I said, well, if I pick you, I pick God because God made you. And if I pick God, I pick God too. So the reality of it all to me is God is first. That's what I love the most. Underneath that is me because I love my friends. I love my family. Okay. And I, okay. My dog, Lily, that's my girl. I love her on the same level as I love myself. I might love her a little bit more than me. I love her like that. Like we are like this, but here's my thing. No matter who comes in and out of my life, I know how relationships are fleeting. I had the last girl I dated. She goes, I told you I I love you. She's screaming at me, swearing at me. And I'm like, oh, this is love. She's like, I told you I effing love you. And I said, well, that's ironic. And the B side of that is I looked at her. I go, do you know how many women told me they love me? Where are they? You can say it. You can say it all you want, but you got to show it. You got to do it. And in 37 years of my life, God has shown it and said it. I am doing a better job of showing myself I love myself and saying it. And I take care of my own. I am not perfect, but I'll tell you this. If I'm so busy and I work so much, 
Why do you and I talk all the time? Why do my friends and I talk all the time? Why do my parents and I see me every single week? Because I look at the girls that I date and the girl that I was married to. And I said, with all due respect, I'm chasing my dreams every single day. But my people, my squad, my circle, they hear from me. So what's your right. right. Well, again, we can we can really leave this on a, on a wonderful note then. You can uh, listen to Miley Cyrus all day with you. Could, I can buy myself flowers. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> you, you can, <laughs> you don't need anybody else to do these things. And the thing is, is, and it's a shout out to Witty Wicks. They actually made a candle. That's that it, the smell, the scent of the candle has bought myself flowers. I think I saw, I think I saw this on your Instagram story. That's so funny. That's so funny. I love that. that they do like catchy things like that. That's so funny. Yeah. Like I have, I wanted my house to smell like hot chocolate. So I got their candle mother fudger and I, That's cute. yeah. And I, and I put it in the house. My dad walked into the house and he was like, as soon as he walked in, he goes, why does it smell like chocolate? And I was like, Ooh, it's working. So yeah, we, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get a candle. We gotta get, bring something down to you. You've been, been yeah. very kind and generous. We gotta, we gotta hook you up with some witty wick stuff. Yeah. I gotta, I have to check out their website and stuff and see what, what they got going over there. Cause I, I love that, that they came out with I love catchy stuff when somebody follows the trends. I love oh, yeah. that. They had um, they had Christmas themes that the scents were named after statements that were made in the movie Elf. Oh my God. Hilarious. By the way, one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Yes. It's the reason why I I never liked Will Ferrell before Elf, and now I like Will Ferrell. I've always liked Will Ferrell since he did the cheerleader skit on SNL. Yeah, see on SNL, I couldn't I loved I it. I wasn't there. With them, I, I was like sometimes, but then Elf, I was like, nah, this so funny. Me. That movie is so funny. Step Brothers is so funny. He is so funny. I love the he part where he hilarious. walks out and the car hits him in New York City, and he rolls up on the windshield and falls <laughs> down on the ground, and he pops up and he goes, "Sorry." Yeah, <laughs> so. he, we we all. I mean, we watched that movie oh, between that and um, The Grinch and Cat in the Hat. We've probably watched, which not him always, but those types of comedians. We've watched every that movie, probably all three of those movies, probably a hundred times each in the last year alone. Well, my, it's a big, Grinch. big options in my house. Well, Jim Carrey being the Grinch, the movie that I can recite word for word, front to back, anytime is Jim Carrey's Liar Liar. So, oh, really? One of the yeah, greatest not- movies ever made. I'm not a huge Jim Carrey fan. It's funny you say that, but he, that is funny. A funny movie. Um, you know what mine is? Hmm. Movie. Do you remember the movie? You're not going to remember. It's the girly movie from like the 80s. Troop Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Troop Beverly Hills. Troop Beverly Hills. Kelly yeah. Long played in it. And it was like, if you have any female listeners, they're going to know this. It was about a Girl Scout troop, basically. And she was like this rich wife who decided to take over the Girl Scout troop. And she's like camping, like what you know what i mean so anyway it's a great movie i want to tell you shout out to the 80s shelly long yeah shout out to the 80s for very for everything i mean for spoiling for me for yeah for forming us for just bringing us back for the i mean reason why the guardians of the galaxy volume two vinyl is in my house because it's all 80s music so and i turned it on my mom had never seen the movie i popped it on and she was like bopping to the song. She knew the, oh, first one, the second one, the third one. And I looked at her, I go, see, Ma, you would like this movie. You got to open up your mind to, you know, a talking raccoon and a tree, but you're going to like it. 
Okay, speaking of movies really quick, let me just say this before yeah. we go today. So I have to tell you, last night, I, so first of all, I, I had food poisoning this weekend. It's been a weird weekend. I had food poisoning. So I told my, we told the kids that I wasn't there, but I really was there in the, in the back, you know, in the bedroom with door locked, whatever. So when they finally realized I was there, they finally come in the room, whatever. We're all laying down in the bed. And my son's like, let's watch Zombies. And we hadn't watched it in a while. And my daughter is on my phone. Whenever I don't respond back to text messages for a while, by the way, that's, you know, that my kids are on my phone. Um, but my daughter's on my phone watching videos. And, and all of a sudden they start playing some of the songs from the zombies soundtrack and the movie. And my daughter puts that video down and everybody in the bed is dancing. I'm telling you, it's a good soundtrack. I'm sure that it, I mean, I just want to say if you guys did not catch our top uh, songs of 2022 and all those things, yeah. the zombie soundtrack was one of mine. So just want to throw that out there. And, and listen, I love the Disney Channel original movies. There's a lot of great stuff there and formed a lot of crushes there, too. And at the same time, I will say that I, in the same respect, everybody's making fun of Twilight when it came out. And then, like, I was laughing when somebody made fun of it. And I go, wait a minute, I can't laugh about something I don't know. And then I watched the first two and I loved it. So I'm Team Jacob. Get into that too much. I'm Team Werewolf all day vampires are weird and they are. except for blade blade but blade is a half c blade is a human vampire I, I have friends that were super into it but i could never get into it and i could never get into the one that was on hbo either bad blood maybe it was or true blood true blood yeah. i could never get into that either yeah i'm not like a vampire that's not my thing but werewolves they're big dogs so i'm all about that i can live in that world so if you've learned anything from today's edition of two mics no filter I'm going to see how well our osmosis is. So if you've learned anything, it's three words. Oh, no, wait. Well, yeah, I mean, it. it's five words, technically, if you want to say this. But if you've learned anything from our show, I'm going to see if, if you know what I know. You want to try and say it together? It's something you said and something I made reference to after you said it. No, I have no idea. You have no idea? No idea. I'm trying to think. I was... I'm the, the, fast, the sense of the witty wicks thing if you've learned anything oh. it's that you can buy yourself flowers yeah yeah and so, i guarantee you tom brady and giselle are both individually buying themselves flowers yeah and i can also agree that there's plenty of men and women out there that would be more than happy to buy them flowers too so I'll, i'm married and i will buy him flowers we're not going to end on that note. Buy yourself flowers, folks. Have a fantastic day. Tom Brady, keep that porcelain chin pristine, the little butt chin he's got going. Listen, I, I don't want to knock on Tom Brady. He's a he, he's a pretty boy, but, you know, my best to you, Tom. But he wasn't always, so it's okay to be, it's okay to be like, he's yeah. like a me. Did a little tweak here and there, and look at him now. Yeah, so Tom Brady, shout out to you and to Giselle. We hope you're happy. And folks, remember that you can always buy your own self some dang flowers. True. Thanks, Andrea.